I would ask now your attention to be turned to Jeremiah. That would be chapter 15, verse 16, and then Psalm 19, verses 7 and, uh, and following. Jeremiah and Psalm. Thank you, Jesus. So I'll read Jeremiah 15 and 16. Perhaps you can follow. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Your words were found, and I ate them. Now, of course, that doesn't mean literally eating the scroll on which it was penned. It means ingesting the word symbolically. And when I did, thank you, Jesus joy and rejoicing in my heart. Psalm 19. Each uh, reference here, like it says, the law of the Lord, it means the Word of God, the Bible. The testimony of the Lord means the Word of the Lord. So if I read that, the Word of the Lord, instead of the law of testimony, then you'll understand. The law of the Lord is the Word of God and it's perfect, converting the soul. Testimony of the Lord is the word of God, is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are the word of God, and they are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is the word of God, is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord refers to the word of God, it's clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are the word of God, and they're true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by your word, your servant is warned. And in keeping your word, there is great reward. Say amen to that text. Help me, with, as you always do, pray for me and pray with me. And pray a little bit louder than just you normally do. Because I believe uh, we'll be even be more deliberate. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the service, the worship, the presence, the people, the giving, and our time together. Right now in this moment, we needed you in the last service, God, but the anointing for the last service was for then. We need a brand new touch. It's been brand new for this service, but a brand new touch for the word. Let us give our attention, our affection, our love, and our learning to what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being seated. This is the third and final lesson on this subject, Better With Time. And what I've been attempting to do was to teach you on some things from the Word of God or about our experience with God that makes us better because of our knowledge and partnership with the Lord. And so, uh, I'll have in the last two Sundays, I will just briefly now, share with you some things that are better with time that are not necessarily spiritual. I'm going to couch that in this category, raising children. Can raising children be better with time? <laughs> I don't hear a parent saying the thing. How about bath time? Is it a war to get your child or children to have a bath? 
London said to her mother this morning and having a bath, she's three almost, she said, I was rude. <laughs> How about bedtime? Raising children. Do you ever have to fight them to get them in bed? Hey, listen, I'm older now. You don't have to fight me to get in bed. It gets better with time. How about being sent to my room? Well, do you know times have changed and it's gotten better? Because in your child's room, there's a TV. There's a computer. There's a cell phone. Uh, there's a microwave and a fridge. <laughs> better with time. Let, let, let me show you something else. Uh, how about this? Fruit and vegetables. And your children are small. They, they don't want to eat vegetables or fruit. They don't want broccoli and squash and zucchini. And I'm older now, and I still don't want it. Uh, let me show you something else. I don't want to tear you on this. When you're raising children, there's a real struggle about long car trips. Huh? I mean, you ain't even out of the driveway. What did I ask you? Are we there yet? You, you ever had a, a kid, you're going on a long road trip or another country, and you felt like that kid, about that kid, like home alone. <laughs> Son, we didn't leave you by accident. <laughs> you know what? But I'm older now, and long car trips don't bother me. Matter of fact, just give me a car, and don't give me a GPS, because I'll end up in Alabama in a watermelon patch. I have done that, that's so why I'm... I love to get on the road sometimes and just drive. So, so that's not an issue with me. Uh, and let me give you just one more. Uh, chores get better with time. When you're raising children. Or at least I hope it does. Uh, some father said to me this morning, after I shared this, and I told him, you know, that uh, raising kids get better with time, and uh, he said, my daughter's 17, and she haven't yet cleaned her room. <laughs> Don't your parents wish that that could happen, get better with time? But those are the natural things. Those, those are things may God help you to work out. Let me, let me say a few things to you about, about building you up. So you could, you, I want to build you up because God has given us resources to be overcomers over the world and the flesh and the devil God didn't stick us in a world full of sin and hate and racism and all and God didn't stick us in a world like that and say good luck God has given us power and authority and the weapons of our warfare which are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds yeah. And if you don't know where you left your weapon, or you don't know how to find one, first point, the word of God gets better with time. Oh, 
Jeremiah 23 and 29 on the screen. It's not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Oh, my, does, does life throw at you things that, that come against you like a fire that devours everything in its path? This is the water on the fire. My word is like a fire because sometimes you do need the fire. Contrary to the fire of this world coming against you, you need to be the fire. You need to be bold. I need to be bold. I need to be hot. I, I need to be blazing for the Lord. I don't need to be no secret agent Christian. <laughs> uh, these, this is my final message as the lead pastor, but coming up, over the years here in the church as the pastor, uh, uh, we are, our county was less friendly to Pentecostals. Well, I don't know if they're too friendly now. So folks used to come to our church over time and like what they feel. And like the lively singing music and like the hand clapping and Praising the Lord and a sermon that gets a little hot. But they didn't want anybody to know they was coming here. <laughs> so in order to keep them, keep their friends from embarrassing themselves, say, and where do you go to church? And they say, Sunday in the streets. <laughs> where? Sunday in the streets. South Metro Ministries. I say that to tell you, not everybody can be like us, but everybody should be like this. Amen. Uh, let me point out to you all the adjectives that Psalm 19 gave, and I won't read it again. The Word of God gets better with time, not because its content changes with time. As far as I understand the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 18 and 19, according to the word of God, nothing is to be added to the word of God or taken from the word of God. Because if any man or whomever adds to the word or take from the word, he'll come into the judgment of God. And there's a lot of, and help me to be very discreet here, Holy Spirit, but to be very direct. There are people and churches in America that have taken it upon themselves to edit the word. We'll take out references to the blood of Jesus because blood is so, you know, scary, whatever. We'll take out references to certain sins, homosexuality. Adultery, uh, murder. We, <laughs> boy, you know, if y'all weren't shouting so loud, I, I, I could really get this point out. <laughs> we will take out these things because we want it to be user friendly. You don't need a book that says 
What about something about it called for dummies? What is it called? Yeah. Here's what I want you to know. The word of God gets better with time, but it doesn't if when we are confronted by it, we run from it. You mean amen? It, it, oh, my goodness. I don't know if I should come down or go up or whatever. Uh, if you are told by the doctor that there is a tumor in your body, there may be uh, something that is obstructing your colon or intestines. If you're told by the physician that there's another ailment in your body, it's not smart to ignore it and run from it. If the Holy Ghost from your reading tells you that there is an area in your spiritual body that you need to address, if the man of God gets in front of you, not because he wants to make you mad, but says to you, this is what the word says about sin, about righteousness, about godliness, about the fear of God, and if you don't conform to the word, you will not be blessed. You don't go and find another church where they have three poems and a song. Have you ever been in a church where Ushers lay so cold in the church. Ushers are like penguins. Huh? Cold church. And the preacher's like a big polar bear. I, I don't want to apologize for the word. Okay? I just want to tell you that this gets better the more obedient I am to it. This, this book can make you better or bitter, and only you can decide. <laughs> the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. The psalmist said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, this may not go over well because somebody may think I'm egotistical, but I'm not going to do it for that. I'm going to do it because it works. In my course of 33 years of pastoring, I have read this book 27 times. And I'm not finished yet. I said, I'm not finished yet. You know why I've read it that many times? Because I ain't got no business telling you about it if I hadn't been in it. If you're on your job and you got a manual you got to go by, you're going to memorize it. I got a different job than you. Not a better one necessarily. I love my Bible. You want to kiss it? <laughs> it's not dirty. I, just... love. I got my preaching Bible, my praying Bible, and my playing Bible. 
Put it on the screen, would you? Oh. Next verse, please. On the count of three, out loud, we're going to all read this together. Is that okay? One, two, three. If you abide in me, louder, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Uh, let, let me show you a case of why it won't pass away. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 26, there's an account of Jeremiah having heard from the Lord through the Holy Spirit about God's impending judgment on Israel for their backsliding. And God says through the prophet Jeremiah, through the scribe Baruch on the scroll, I have warned you and warned you and warned you. And I'm warning you one more time. If you continue in rebellion, and sin, I am going to bring judgment on you. And by judgment, God meant I would bring in the hordes and the armies of Babylon to capture you. I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, because I've been in the Word, you have to. God's a merciful God and a forgiving God and a loving God. But He will draw a line in the sand. He will not let me step over the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of God so many times. If he judged somebody else, I'm next. Can, can I get him in? No, he says, somebody says, me and Jesus got our own thing going. No, you don't. He don't have any favorite sons or daughters. And so, having been warned, one more warning. Jeremiah dictates to Baruch. What the Spirit says, puts it on a scroll. After it's completed, Jeremiah says, roll it up, go to the temple and the house of God, and everybody gathered there. Read it to them out loud. He gets to the temple, there were all kinds of people there, including a few politicians, a few of the king's uh, associates. And so, the, when Baruch read it in the temple, read the word of God, the scroll, such conviction came upon the people. That's what the word will do. It don't convict you to kill you. It convicts you to change you. And so, and so uh, the people were stirred in the temple. And so were the associates of the king Jeho Jehoiakim, the king, king of Judah. And the associates of the king of Judah, Jehoiakim, said to Baruch, you got to go to the palace and read this. Because it's convicting to us and he needs to know it because God wants to do something from the top down. Can I get an amen? amen? When God blesses a group of people, he wants to start with his leader with repentance and blessing. And so, uh, the political leadership said to Baruch, you find you Jeremiah. You and both of you will go hide somewhere. And I'm telling you that because the king's going to be either one or two of things. He's going to be affirming 
or he's going to be condemning. So, so go hide. And we will take it to the king and we will read it. They went to the palace, the, the associates uh, of the king, and they opened up the scroll and, and they began to read the scroll before the king. And they didn't get very far in the scroll when the king took out his pocket knife. This isn't the Bible. They read four sections. The king took out his knife and cut it out and threw it in the fire. Well, the reader thought, you know, maybe he didn't like that section. They read a little bit more, and the king took out his pocket knife, cut the scroll, and threw it in the fire. It went on until he burned up the whole scroll and all the word of God. God told Jeremiah, write it again. You can dig it and throw it in the ground. You can throw it in the fire. You can throw it in the ocean. You can shred it in a machine. The Holy Ghost said, write it again. <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? Yeah. Give me the next, please, if there is another. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Isn't that good? The word of God goes out of his mouth. It shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent. Whatever God wants to say and by his word, the devil can't undo. Amen. Amen. No demon in hell can deter the word of God. God doesn't have to have a majority vote for his word to go forth. God is God all by himself. He doesn't need my vote or your vote. His word is eternal. Hallelujah. Somebody ask you why you're so blessed, tell them you're under the word. You live in the word. The word is your shield. The word is your protection on your right hand, your left hand, over your head, your back and your front and under your feet. Next, next. It gets better with time, the word does. Now the word kind of works like this. If you got a prescription from the druggist, you don't use it, they don't help you. Isn't that profound? I went to college for a number of years to figure that out. If you're thirsty and you got a glass of water on the table and you're sitting over here and you're getting thirsty by the hour and you don't get your glass of water, they won't help you. Aside from the fact that you are ignorant. <laughs> next, 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 if you will. My relationship with God through prayer gets better with time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can clap for that. Uh, I want you to know. That it is through the, here are four things, maybe five. Put the first one up. I, I want to give you a, a little bit of more, uh, just brief information about how your relationship with God through prayer gets better. Put the first one up, if you will. Pray in the name of Jesus. Isn't that good? That's not me, that's it. Look at, look at the screen. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, everybody believes in him, say amen. amen. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. You know, we can do, we can do uh, not in, well, let, let me go, keep going. Whatever you ask in my name, Jesus saying this, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Can I, can I get an amen? 
You can ask him for healing. You can ask him for a job. You can ask him about your marriage. You can ask him about your, your marriage partner you're looking for. You can ask him about paying your bills. You can ask him about being saved or being healed or restoring your joy and your peace. Whatever, whatever, whatever. They got a lot of computer stuff out there and you can Google whatever. You know, I hadn't tried that. Google whatever. <laughs> I don't know why they call that Google anyhow. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Next slide. Pray in the name of Jesus. Here's another weapon for you. Not only do we plead the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You know why some people don't get blessed in church? And they're mad at everybody else? And they're grumpy? It's because they've not been covered by the blood. You've got to be covered by the blood. Symbolically. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of, blood of Jesus covers me. Let, let me show you something else. Are you, are you okay? Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Look here just a minute. This is, just pretend this is the door. Of course it will be higher and larger. This is the top. And you, you take a branch. You dip it in the sheep's blood that you kill, the lamb. And th that night the Holy Ghost says and, and the angel, put some blood here, put some blood here, put some blood over here. On the doorpost, go into your house, you Israelites. And you take, after you've roasted that lamb, you take it and begin to eat it. That'll be your last meal for you here in Egypt. Some of us got to get out of Egypt. In order to get out of Egypt, we got to get the blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The death angel, the last of the ten plagues on Pharaoh and his household in Egypt, will be the death of the firstborn son. Death of the firstborn being the male, an animal too. In Egypt, everything dies. They, if they use the blood or not, they're, they're dead anyhow. But you, Israel, you got to use the blood to save your family. Symbolically. Uh, Pastor, I don't need, I, I believe in all that foolishness. You can call it what you want to. Because according to the world, it's foolishness. But God is wisdom. Plead the blood of Jesus. Go at your house and take some oil and put it over your door uh, post and, and on the side. Go into every room in your house and say, devil, you're not welcome here. Demons, you're not welcome here. Why? Because I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. If they could march around Jericho seven times and the wall come tumbling down. You can march around your house one time pleading the blood. Yes, Give me the next point very quickly, if you will. Anyway, I said that in the first service. I'll say it. Let me give you a couple of pastoral tricks that I've used over the years. I mean, this will be it, you know, so you need to know. Oftentimes I'll do this. You ever seen me do that? See, you already know. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. I, I, I have done that when I didn't even have a watch. Here's another thing that I won't tell you my secret here, 
because I, now I'm free to do that. <laughs> Oftentimes, I will call the musicians forward, piano vocalists. It's only because I want to give you the impression I'm quitting. <laughs> but I'm not. I don't quit till I'm done. But it looks good. Can I? I don't know what Pastor J.C.'s tricks are going to be, but I'm sure he has some. Uh, pray with faith in God's word. Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Faith, what's faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm praying for my body to be well, and I don't see it or feel it yet, but by faith, I know it's coming. I'm praying for a job. I put out applications, and I ask for recommendations, and I haven't heard from anybody yet, but he gave me the last job, and he'll give me this one. So, so pray and you don't want to see it, touch it, feel it. Leave that to him. Man, I'll tell you something. By faith, we have built some buildings over the years. I mean real faith. I mean no money faith. And you won't hear to help me. But you're here now and I will let you help me. Come ushers, if you will. <laughs> faith. Faith. Mountain moving. If you got this, you can move this. I believe if you have this, God can help you to raise the dead. You and I don't have to be God. Let him be God. Here's another thought, please. Uh, pray in the spirit. Can I, can I get an amen? There are, there's been a lot of people over the years who didn't understand Pentecostalism nor tongues. So they criticize, they criticize, they criticize. And sometimes churches, because we've been criticized, uh, have thrown it out altogether because we're too dignified. There's a right way and a wrong way in public worship for tongues to operate, okay? And I don't have time to teach that right now because everything is done decently in order. It doesn't mean that 10 people speak in tongues at one time and everybody's confused and think we're crazy. There's a proper order for that. But I'm talking to you right now about your private tongues because I'm of the persuasion that tongues is used more regularly in private worship than public worship unless there's an interpreter. And there are times that I run out of my English word and the Holy Ghost clicks on and I begin to speak in tongues. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying, but what I know is a fire growing up in my spirit. What I know is energy coming in me. What I know is, is I feel unction in me to pray on and press on. Don't you criticize something you hadn't experienced. 1 Corinthians 14, the Bible speaks about speaking in tongues. I, 
I behoove you. I encourage you. I, I say to you, pray in your bedroom. Pray in your car. God, I heard about this gift of tongues. It doesn't knock you out. Nobody sprinkles pixie dust on your head and you end up in the twilight zone. Faith. Don't criticize it. Pray in the spirit. Give me the next one, please. Pray in agreement. Amen. Uh, the word of God says, if two or three of you agree on earth concerning anything, they ask it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. If two is, two is better than one, three is better than two. We've we got to come together sometime. When your faith is not as strong as you would like it to be, find somebody whose faith is. Can I get an Amen. You know, somebody had to be good-looking and well-educated to be your prayer partner. Just if they're hooked up with the Holy Ghost, hook up with them. Amen. You know, I'm gonna tell you something. Oh God, help me. This is coming to my mind. I don't, know, don't, don't know if I want to say it. Boy, I'm gonna tell you why there are lazy Christians. They want somebody else to pray for them. They want somebody else to read the Bible for them. They want somebody else to give their tithe and offering for them. They want somebody else to volunteer to them. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, I've had people over the years, uh, and I don't like it, but it's happened to me, and it does other churches. Uh, well, we're going to go to another church, Pastor. We're just not getting fed. You know, there comes a time you got to leave the nursery. And you got to get into the house. Some folks are complaining about never getting fed in the house of God. They don't even know what it is. If I, I'm teaching you. I'm not beating you up. I hope I'm not beating you up. Uh, you know, when it comes a time, what I got to do my own praying. My own pleading the blood. My own boxing glove beating up the devil. Comes a time when I, I got to put on the whole armor of God. Man, the church in America, they've been fed so much they're fat. I know, I know. Listen, you got to get out there and shake the bushes. It ain't about me, myself, and I. We're in the last days. Pray. An agreement. Next thought, please. Uh, the way I'm preaching, I'm kind of glad that most of those appreciation events are over because <laughs> kindness, generosity, and love, they grow better with time. Can I get an amen? It's like, you, it's like if you put a, uh, you, you want to have chicken or you want to have steak, shrimp. You want to have that, the best way you can have it. You fixing it. You put that thing in the fridge after seasoning it for about a day or two. Am I good? Because you're the chef, I'm not. Dallas is my friend and I've eaten with him and 
with his preparing. Excellent chef, but he, he surprised me the other day. Just kidding, y'all don't tell me that. <laughs> Dallas and I met for dinner, and I said, where do you want to go, Dallas? Where would I go? Panda Express. <laughs> I'm thinking, I told my wife, this is a class chef. He's taking me to Burger King. No, <laughs> Panda Express. <laughs> Can I tell you a couple other things real quick? Y'all remember? <laughs> uh, worship gets better with Oh, I love it. I worship with better with better with time. Oh, when you start out with Jesus, you're kind of experimenting. Then you start worshiping Jesus, singing the song about Jesus. Come to the house of the Lord and the choir singing. Sort of electrical current goes through your body. Not everybody's going to be like me or you, but wow. If you're in a ball game and somebody hits a home run or a touchdown or something, well, I guess another touchdown. It's a celebration. Worship is a celebration. And the older you get, the more you uh, have a memory of the things that God has done for you. Pastor, oh, and so you want to clap your hands or, or shout praise the Lord or dance a little bit. Worship is sweeter, higher, more glorious because it's not about us. It's about him, him, him. Yes. Oh, my, 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 my. Push it, push it, push it. Sometimes you fall prostrate on the floor and you worship. Sometimes you lay on your back and you worship. Sometimes you get on your knees and you worship. Sometimes you're just in a hollow place, and, uh, a hallowed place, pardon me, and you worship. Sometimes you're driving down the road and you put on one of Brooklyn Tabernacle songs and you don't even know how fast you're going. When the cop stops you, you just tell him, I was worshiping God. And he'll say, here's your ticket. I think you told me to come down here months ago. Man, I think worship is contagious, don't you? If you, Josh, was gripey and grouchy, and he is already, <laughs> if you were condemning and criticizing, I, I would love you, but it would be hard to be with you because it's contagious. Have you ever heard me say, you, I said it again earlier, if you're happy, notify your face. <laughs> I'm having a good time now because you're going to go out to eat and have a good time on me. <laughs> Can you believe that preacher? He said that. Yes, I did. Worship. Worship. Yeah. I, uh, you know who has sold more CDs and used to be record players and Records, more CDs than any other group in America, secular and otherwise. Do you know who sold more than any other group CDs in America? Bill and Gloria Gaither. Come to the music. Oh, I didn't know y'all were there. I thought you were behind the curtain. These are my closing 
thoughts for this lesson. I'm amazed at how loving and forgiving Jesus is. I'll try to be brief because most of you know the account. You remember on the occasion of Jesus being in the boat with his disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee. Let me back it up. He wasn't in the boat. They were in the boat. Jesus was not present. Storm came up. Raging, real storm, lightning, thunder, high waves, boat in peril, real. Disciples who are fishermen ought to know how to handle it, but they couldn't. Out of nowhere, in the fog of the rain, Jesus comes walking on the water. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, it's I. And Peter, storm's going on, wide open storm's going on. If it's you, Master, call me. Let me come to you. He does come. No more than maybe six feet in walking on the water. He starts to sink. To which, if you'll extend your hand to me, Brother Hoda, Jesus says, fear not. He held him by the hand and pulled him out of water. And together, both of them walked back to the boat. Peter, Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross to all his disciples. I want to be crucified, painful death, etc. And some of you are going to betray me. All, all of you, all of you are going to betray me. They're friends of yours, but we are best buds. Well, well, wait a minute, Peter. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows one time. Oh, no, no. You don't know me, Jesus. I do know you. Jesus arrested, taken into the uh, temple area not so much a temple area, the waiting area, wherever the Sanhedrin's court is. Praetorium, I think. I don't have to pronounce right. But it's a large hall-like. Being questioned. It's nighttime. It's early morning. There's several uh, torch-like lamps. Jesus is in there. Peter is out. A girl comes to, to Peter and says, you're one of them. No, I'm not one of them. About an hour or so later, uh, another girl, maybe the same servant girl, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're one of them. I told you, I don't even know the man. I, uh, I've had a check in my spirit to tell you There have been times when I was Peter and I could have been more vocal. 
and think that maybe in having that check, I think that I love him more for having checked me and not killed me. And the third time the girl came and said, you are the one. Your language and your speech, your dialect will give you away. He didn't just deny it. He cursed and swore and then ran out of there. Jesus turned around and saw him. And when he did, the rooster crowed. You've never seen a man so broken than Peter. And he ran out. But after Jesus rose from the dead, Peter never made an apology to Jesus on his way to the cross. But after Jesus rose from the dead, the morning of the tomb being empty, the angel said, go tell my disciples, I'm come see them. And tell Peter, I'm coming. I want to see him. I just need to tell you, I don't know of any greater love than that. Very quick. Anybody ever, do you know the former ministry of Jim and Tammy Baker? PTL Club. Would you, would you hold up your PTL Club? Thirty-one years ago, they started a ministry in Fort Mill, South Carolina. They were the hot, up-and-coming televangelists. Christian world. Money started pouring in. Millions were under their influence. Satellite television around the world. Uh, they built a large, large hotel. Like a resort type hotel. They sold timeshares and they oversold them. They sold more timeshares than they had the ability for the people to have the time. Things were really going hot for Jim and Tammy Baker. They built a theme park about a mile square. They built a worship area. They built a, a state-of-the-art television studio with the most sophisticated and costly cameras. This is not untrue. Jim and Tammy Baker, their doghouse was air-conditioned. All in the name of God wants us to have the best. They sat on thrones, golden thrones, This is evidence. I'm not slandering Jim and Tammy Baker. She's going on. I'm just, I'm just telling you where we are and where we get to this morning. He had a sexual encounter scandal with his 21-year-old secretary. His ministry made a deal with Jessica Harn. 
that we will pay you $265,000 to be quiet for 20 years. You know, that kind of stuff doesn't stay under the lid. Charlotte Observer got a hold of it. Jim Baker was arrested for fraud to the tune of multiple, maybe, maybe millions. He was sentenced to 45 years in prison. I, I saw the day that they transported Jim Baker. I saw it on television. He was like Peter. I referred to his hands were handcuffed and his feet were in shackles. And he cried like a baby. But that's not the end of the story. One day, he was in his prison in North Carolina. And he was in his overalls, kind of state prison, orange, bleak neon. He was cleaning the toilets in the prison. He'd already sunk so low, he felt like he was below the dirt. Worst day of his life cleaning toilets that day. He said one of the guards came to him he said come with me. And he said I'm in trouble. He's coming I'm in trouble. And, and the guard saw that he was hesitant to come and he said come with me. And he says the guard you have a visitor. And Jim Baker says I, I don't want to see a visitor. Toilet, smell like it, look like it. Worst day of my life. They opened the iron door and lifted up his head. There he was. Billy Graham embraced him and said, I love you, Jim. That's what Jesus wants me to tell you. Stand, please. I have taken more time than I intended, but I don't believe it's been useless. Here's what I want you to do. I hope you'll do it. I did it in the first service. And it worked well. I've, to my knowledge, in this building, not asked everybody to come to the altar. Everybody. But I want to pray a blessing over you in this context of my position today. I want to pray a blessing over you like, like I believe has never been before. Come all the way to your, everybody. Please don't leave. Everybody, come all the way to the front. If you can't get to the front, stand in an aisle. They'll sing. You come. I'll pray in a moment. Come from everywhere. Keep coming. Thank you. You don't have to leave. Please don't. Keep coming as you can. Don't worry about it if you can't get to the altar. Way back on 
coming, keep coming. for you I want you to exercise with me the word of God I want you to pray with me over you in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I want you to pray with me and for you the prayer of agreement can I get an amen I want us to pray together in the spirit the Lord should lead us amen and I want you to pray the covering of the blood of Jesus. God's not toying with you in this altar. Can I get an amen? You are not going to leave this altar if you want to like you can. I, I'm, I'm not into making promises to people that I got to keep. I'm into making available the promises that he said he'd keep. I ask Valerie to stand with me here and representing us and Kim representing JC who's in Maryland. I want to pray over you. Here's what I like. If you can, if you don't mind, if you look at my posture, can, can you do this? Can you do this? You don't have to be too far. You don't have a lot of room. I, I, that means open arms, open hands, ready to receive. There's a sweet spirit here, Lord. Sometimes the minister calls us up to the altar and we don't know why. Not because we don't want to come, but sometimes uh, we're a little reluctant. Cover your people with the blood of Jesus Christ. Cover us all. The cleansing, healing, forgiving, saving blood of Jesus. Lord, we all belong to you all of us.
thank you, God, that you don't have any favorite sons or daughters. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this church family. Give them a sound mind. Amen, church. Sound mind. We cast out fear. We cast out doubt. Cast out darkness. Sound mind. Sound mind. Give us a healthy body. Amen to that. God, some people in this altar have been fighting the same thing for years. Let it end today. Today, God, by faith, we pronounce our bodies well. Come on, say amen. Help me with this. Our mind well, our vision well, our hearing well, our speaking well. Oh God, our, our body, our liver, our lungs, our heart, every organ. Our feet, God, our fingers and toes. We are well by the promises of God. Then there are those here this morning who need to have their financial miracle, God. Need to pay off the house, amen. Need to make, oh God, the rent. Need to be able to pay off the car. Need to be able to have money for groceries and utilities. Oh God, I pray that you would do for them what you did with the five loaves, two fish. Break it and let it multiply financially. Marriages are often under attack. Lack of communication or none. Oh God, there is a, a, a sense of division and strife. Heal that marriage. Let, let folks who are married fall in love with each other again. Amen, Lord. Lord, I pray over their futures. Amen. We know about today, but we don't know about tomorrow, but you do. I pray for a glorious future and a blessed future and a future with a hope and life. And I pray you take us all to a high level. Amen. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Now, would you raise your hand a little higher? I know you may have gotten tired holding it up, but lift it up a little higher and help me worship God. Raise, raise your voices. Don't, don't leave. Just, just help me worship God. Come on. Let's get a little more excited, a little more vocal. Praise you, God. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, God. Increase my joy, Lord. I need joy. I need peace. I need power. I need a friend. Come on and do it.
I'll let you go in a minute. Just stay where you are. Been one of kind of mornings like this. Y'all need two things. You, 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 you. We'll always have a place. You. I didn't just come through. You. Uh, Pastor David's already took a picture of this beautiful sight because this is the largest altar call I've ever had in my life. I want to leave you with this one verse. I want to leave you. If, if you remember the last thing I said in this role, you remember this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son join me, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Till the day you die, you tell that verse, saying God bless you as you go, I love you.